Hello, hello, hello. God bless you. This is your friend, Papa John Arcovio from Irvine, California. Coming to you live again. Yes, once again, it is Tuesday morning, not quite 11 a.m. I'm coming on a little early to give each one of you some time to share this broadcast with your friends, to like it, to um, do whatever you want on social media with it. We do appreciate when you uh, help share this broadcast with others. I do want to say that after this broadcast each Tuesday, you can immediately see a live recording um, posted on our Spotify page, our podcast page. <clears throat> it's uh, video. And... Um, of course, also, you can replay it just uh, right here at the uh, Facebook page that you're on. If it's Facebook, if you're watching us on LinkedIn, then that particular page. We actually broadcast to eight different platforms simultaneously. And we're looking at uh, making the shift here soon with the Spirit-Led Broadcast to having it available on Roku TV and Apple TV in uh, many nations. Uh, I don't didn't want to take that step until I had the help technic technical wise to do that. And I think I'm getting that put in place. So very soon this broadcast will go out live, not only on social media, all the different medias, uh, uh, which is Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, all the different uh, Instagram, but it's also going to be going out live uh, via Roku TV and Apple TV. So we're excited to make this transition and excited to reach different nations with Spirit-Led Broadcast. Hello, Mark Hanna. God bless you from Colleen, Texas. Oh, how I miss Texas. My goodness. And uh, if you're here and you want to jump on the um, comments and say hello, uh, here before I get started, I'll take a moment and, and greet you. But uh, today we've got a really exciting time scheduled, and we are going to be um, brought, uh, uh, talking about what does kingdom leadership look like? What does it mean to be a kingdom leader? Hey, there's another Texas guy, Matthew Sinkbell from Dallas, Fort Worth, metro area. God bless you, Matthew. So good to see you. Hope you're doing well. And um, really excited. I've got some uh, folks that I'm going to be bringing on uh, in the next uh, weeks and months that I believe is going to be a great blessing to our broadcast. We're going to get Apostle Che on back on to uh, share some things about what God's doing uh, with the Harvest Air National Network and his efforts in the political arena about uh, preparing for this next coming up uh, primaries uh, in November of 2024. We're also going to be bringing on again Apostle John P. Kelly to, to greet us and share with us what's on his heart. And I also made a recent connection with Apostle Eddie Mastis, who is the founder and, and apostle <coughs> leader with uh, Love and Unity Group, which is uh, 
has a base out of Pomona, California, which is not too far from here. It's about a 40-minute drive from where I'm at. Miles-wise, it's probably just about 26 miles, but uh, Orange County traffic is always a, a hassle, especially when you're heading north towards uh, the Pasadena area or L.A. County. It can be a real challenge. But looking forward to having Apostle Eddie on with us to share his thoughts on father-son relationships and kingdom. Again, I really had a great connection with Apostle Eddie and I'm looking forward to collaborating with not only Apostle Eddie, the different apostles that are part of the um, Love and Unity uh, Network, uh, very similar to the Spirit-Led Family Network in being relational and providing true spiritual family, father-son relationships. So um, I'm also going to have Apostle uh, Jerry Morris is going to be on, <clears throat> I believe, <laughs> Apostle Jerry, let me check my calendar, is going to be next week, I think. Um, it might be the 28th. I'll, I'll double check on that, but we do have uh, Apostle Jerry is going to be with us, so... Lots of just really exciting things coming up. And so we're going to dive right in to the broadcast. And again, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing this on your different social medias so others can also enjoy our, our broadcast. So we're going to dive right in and get going. So let's just talk a little bit about kingdom leadership. What does it mean to be a kingdom leader? Well, uh, I'm going to cover just three points about kingdom leadership, and uh, I, I hope this is a, a strength to you, especially if you're a leader in the kingdom of God, whether it be uh, a part of the fivefold ministry or the apest, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher, or you're leading uh, as a son of, and daughter of God, and maybe you don't particularly uh you know, identify or place yourself as of yet with any of those functions. Um, you know, uh, I've talked a lot about how growing up, a lot of the apostles that was in my life were generals. They weren't spiritual fathers. And so my example of an apostle was that of the hard charging, you know, commanding general of the army of God. I think of Men like Billy Cole and 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 J.T. Pugh and and, and and Kenneth Haney and and, uh, and there's other ones like Morris Cirillo as a general and and um, you know these different uh, apostles were very very anointed and gifted but uh, you would very rarely ever get a chance to just sit down with them and have a cup of coffee and just talk because. They always, it seemed, lived in a dimension above being friendly, <laughs> just being real. I mean, it just it was just that generation. And so God began to really deal with me, first of all, as an apostle, about uh, seven years ago, about being more relational. Uh, because I did not grow up with the example of relational leadership. I didn't know how to be a true father. And God wanted me to learn how to be a father as an apostle, to sow into 
and to love and to take time for sons and daughters. This is why I say, I hear these apostles talking about they've got 700 sons and daughters. And I'm like, you're dreaming. Because I, I think a true apostle, if you're really fulfilling the role of a spiritual father and the time it takes for that, a true apostle can probably only handle maybe a dozen, possibly 20, because of the time involved. I'm talking about access, you know, weekly connections, uh, sitting down and sewing and raising up and putting into. And the temptation I see a lot of apostles and, and spiritual leaders uh, have is um, they... Um, they will um i just got a notification on my computer i hope that y'all can hear me okay hey if you're on and and my 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 sound is fine just give me a thumbs up here i think i can test it right here hey if you're on and yeah right okay i'm on all right i don't know what my computer's telling me thank you so much matthew so, um, you know, the time that it takes to really sow into somebody and, you know, the, the, the temptation is, especially with social media, to do everything remote. And, and you know, if you're just going to mentor and you want to speak to people, whoa, my chair gave away. <laughs> Got the Laurel and Hardy show going on today. Oh, three stooges here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. But, uh, <laughs> um you know, it, it's, it's tempting to uh, just do everything remotely. You know, um, I have over 400 hours of teaching that's on our Teachable site that people can access. And, and there's a value to that because it does duplicate yourself to where people can sit down and receive teaching and training from you as far as just, just the, 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 um, the knowledge of it, the teaching of it. And uh, I know some apostles, they, they, they just try to do a clearinghouse video time where they have 200 sons come on and they talk to them and greet them for 30 minutes and then they're gone. I, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not casting stones. I think it's just that general mindset. The apostle is a general. That's how they operated. They didn't have time to sit down and, and, and mentor you and take and, and treat, teach you. And, and I even knew, knew pastors that were apostles that I would I would kind of, you know, say about the uh, young men that were serving them as armor bearers. And that armor bearer uh, concept was very, very common amongst many um, ethnic groups in areas in different countries and even uh, certain uh, denominations in America where somebody got the golden briefcase award because they just, all they ever did was carry the bishop's briefcase, carry the apostle's briefcase. And that's, that's all they did. There was never any sewing and training into them for their destiny, for the future and the, the assignment God had for them. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it, it, be, it can be very toxic because that's where I, I, I call out what I call unhealthy apostles. And that is apostles, they have such great charisma, they're so powerful, they've got so much money or real estate, uh, you know, buildings. And, and so they just, it's, it's a vortex, they just suck in all other apostolic ministries, and these ministries are expected 
to just become stripped of everything God's called them to do to serve that apostle's vision, to serve what they're doing. And I, and I understand. Uh, Bill Johnson has said it, that he doesn't empower people uh, for their destiny unless they first serve the vision that he places in front of them. And I, I, I do understand that aspect of it. Uh, Joseph had to serve two men's vision before he stepped into what God had for him. And that is a biblical principle. And I, I've seen uh, young men that, that haven't served anybody or anywhere and they just come out and they think they're all that in a bag of chips and they're just going to try to use whoever they can to get into get a foothold to go forward but um there is a measure of serving and that brings me into the first point i want to talk about kingdom leadership kingdom leadership is servant-based leadership it's based on a servant's heart you may be a king but you serve with the heart of a servant and understand that that it's not about you. That's the very first thing that you've got to resolve in your life and ministry. That if God blesses you and God anoints you and God gives you favor, it's not for you. It's not about you. It's not about you know your your future, your 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 culture. Your uh, hey, Daryl, God bless you. Thank from Milton, Florida. Thanks for joining us. It's about you know. The anointing and the call of God is about the city you're in and what does God want to do in that city. When I meet with people that want to become part of the family or they want to come alongside, receive mentorship from our ministry or even, you know, join up with the relational networks for that family. I want to go to the city they're in and sit down and have coffee with them. And I want to find out, number one, what is God doing in your city? And number two, where do you fit in that? What is your assignment? Because even when I traveled and I would, uh, was what was called an itinerant minister, you know, either coming in prophetically to, to minister the prophetic word of the Lord or as an evangelist to see um, uh, outpouring the Holy Spirit or teaching and training. And I've done all of it traveling. I've done all of the above. Uh, it was never coming in and it was never about my ministry, about me positioning myself. You know, so, I, so maybe this particular you know, leader could, could move my ministry forward. It, it's about the kingdom and what does God have for that house? And I always came to serve the vision that was in front of me, the, the vision of the house, the, the spiritual father that was there, what the, he, that particular leader was trying to accomplish. So first and foremost, a kingdom leader understands you're there, that whatever assignment you have, it's not about you. It's about the people God's called you to serve, about moving them forward, not using people to carry your briefcase and be an armor bearer and serve you forever. You're there to help lift them into what God has for them. And true apostolic fathers always, always, always share their platforms with sons and daughters. They share their influence. And really, that's the difference between someone truly being a spiritual father and a mentor. A mentor can mentor people just by osmosis. Just get you a, a, a teachable uh, uh, video site and upload 500 hours of teaching and let people pay their fee each month and you can mentor thousands that you're teaching and training. But where a spiritual father comes in is are you sharing your influence and your platform? Problem with most leaders, they guard that. They guard that with everything they have. 
their influence and their platforms. So if, 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 if a person you're calling a spiritual father is not sharing their influence on their platform with you, then really you need to call it what it is. They're a mentor. Nothing wrong with it. I mentor people. <clears throat> I either mentor them because I'm not called to be a spiritual father in their life. You know, when I meet people and they come to me and say, oh, brother, God has called, told me you're an apostle and I want you to be the spiritual father in my life. I always kind of slow their roll and I say, let's walk it out. What does those terms mean, walk it out? Let's see if it's really God and if it's a good fit. I don't have any problem being someone's friend first. Just loving on them, serving them, helping them, you know, answering their questions, investing into them. But the amount of true investment it takes to be a spiritual father is time consuming. It's consistent. It's not hit and miss. It's not spend one or two weeks attending that person's Zooms and, and, and their training and teaching and then off chasing the next person. And, and, and again, you know, you can do that balance from ministry to ministry to ministry and let them affect you if it's just mentorship. Because mentorship can be one session or six weeks and then you're on and God has you somewhere else. I get that. But, you know, uh, spiritual fatherhood, sons and daughters, that relationship is very intimate. And it's a commitment. And it goes both ways. I have spiritual fathers in my life that, that sow into me. And I sow financially. You know, when you sow financially, there's several principles that determine how you sow. And the two of them that I live by is you sow out and you sow up. What do you mean? When you sow, you make sure wherever you're giving it, 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 does, it does not bring anything back to you. It doesn't give you position. doesn't give you power. doesn't give you influence. You know, the best way to sow is to sow to those that can do nothing for you back in return. And that's sometimes third world countries. You know, then sow up. That's sowing into those that are pouring into your life, that are blessing you. The second point I want to make about kingdom leadership is that, you know, true apostles lay down in the mud so sons and daughters can walk on their back. It's allowing others and, and, and seeing. you got to be able to see. Part of the, the gifting in the spirit is to see people. You need to pray for God to allow you to see people's anointing, people's gifting, people's callings, people's destinies you know, what God is wanting to do in your life. And that's one thing that God's allowed me to do very efficiently. And that is if I can spend time with someone, just having a coffee, having dinner, just being around them, I can tell very quickly what their primary calling is and possibly sometimes even their secondary calling. Everybody has a primary and a secondary. And I can usually tell where they're at in the process. You know, I, 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 I teach a lot um, uh, about the growth of, I, I teach us in the healing orphan uh, mindsets. And I, I, I talk about the stages of spiritual growth. In, in First John 2, verse 12 through 14, Paul wrote and said, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven. Then he says, I write unto you fathers because you've known him since the beginning. I write unto you young men because you've opened, uh, overcome little ones. So these different stages of growth that, that John is, is relating to is, um, is stages of spiritual maturity. 
that little children was was um, actually uh, little children was uh, payas, which was uh, relegated to like a young child or a boy or someone who perhaps would be eight, nine, ten years old. Um, people who are, are brand new in Christ, that Greek word is pation. That means someone who's an infant uh, or even someone who's immature, half-grown. Uh, I, I see a, a, a disturbing trend amongst, <clears throat> and I'm not going to label it, just many circles, prophetic, non-prophetic, uh, where leaders are being chose in, in Ecclesia based on their talents and their giftings, They're able to sing well, they play incredibly, or they got a great administrative gift, or they give a lot of money, and they're, they're put in position before uh, they should be. And Paul warned about that. He said, don't put someone in leadership that's not ready because they're going to fall under the condemnation or the trap of the devil. And you're putting their soul at stake. But that, that, that infant stage is pation. The young child is pious. Uh, the young teenager, the young man that is growing, that is strong, that is you know, passionate about the things of God, uh, that particular Greek word is... Um, Nancy, I always misspell this Greek word, mis mispronounce it, but it's uh, neon siko, which is uh, that 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 kind of young man stage, that that uh, 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 youthful. But then the difference where, where a young man moves from the tenon uh, neon siko uh, stage into what is called huios. The Greek word huios is still a young man, but they're recognized for their anointing and they become submitted as a son. So you can have someone that has the same spiritual uh, growth, the spiritual age, so to speak, how long they've been serving God, how much scriptures they've memorized, what they can do, the gifts they have. But the difference between tenon or neon siko and huios is have they submitted to a spiritual father? Do they have a spiritual father in their life? Huios. And that's the only way you can move from tenon or uh, neon siko into huios. And, and pass huios to technon, which technon is the understanding of that mature person that's becoming a father themselves. See, even though we're always sons and daughters, every son and daughter will mature to become a spiritual mother and father to reproduce sons and daughters. But the only way to make that transition is to fully become a son and daughter for yourself. And then finally, technon will give way to... Um, what Paul was talking about when he, he addressed in Ephesians 4 and 13, when he talked about how the fivefold, the, 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 the apest, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher, is to be here until we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The word here that is used for fullness or completeness is teleos which means you have become of full age. You have become perfect 
or your, your, your growth has been brought to its finished where there's nothing necessary for completeness. Now, why will we never be there forever? It's because the, the teleo stage is a relatively short stage because death usually proceeds uh, within 10, 15, 20 years of the teleo stage. And then a new uh, growth of spiritual warriors comes up. And so that's why we will always continually need the fivefold, the apex, because there's always a new generation coming up that needs the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher to groom them and to, to bring them into maturity. So what I'm talking about is seeing people, seeing where they're at, seeing and knowing their spiritual stage and their growth. So you need to pray if you're a spiritual leader to help you see people. If you don't see people, then you're just going to use people. They're just going to be your briefcase carrier for all of your ministry. They're just going to be there to serve you. And I don't want to get to heaven and God look at me and say, you wasted 20 years. And valuable people and resources I brought you away just to fulfill what you wanted. You never built my kingdom. See, legacy is not about a building, a ministry name, a brand. Legacy is about people leaving something for the future. We're building legacy right now here in Orange County. And I don't even own a home. I live in an apartment because <laughs> the cost of living here is crazy. I'm still paying $3,700 a month for an apartment. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? I mean, anywhere in America, you, you can live in a nice home for $3,700. But we're not here for all that. We're not here for houses and lands and positions and power and titles. And, and people have been asking me, are you, are you planning a church in Orange County? No, we're establishing a prophetic house. We're establishing an apostolic center, a base to train and equip and to raise up people. I was talking this morning with uh, one of the... Um, Man, that's becoming a son to me. I mean, I won't say his name uh, because um, I want to honor and respect, you know, people. And I don't want to invade in their privacy. But I was telling him because he was telling me that uh, him and his fiance have a vision to see ministry places raised all over the area. And I said, that's exactly what God's called Spirit Family to do with beginning with house fires. And then eventually apostolic centers. But it's not about buildings. It's not about the locations. It's about people. Raising people. And establishing and launching ministry. So if you look at Apostle John Arcovia and you're looking for a nice, big, beautiful building with spirit-led family on the front of it with a beautiful sign. And to walk in the front door and be greeted by a secretary or a receptionist and have the administrator come and usher you into an office so when Apostle Arcubio can get out of a meeting and come meet with you, it's not going to happen. They don't have all that stuff. We have learned how to train and equip people running mean and lean. My office most of the time is going to be a coffee shop somewhere. The place that we choose to minister is going to be a home 
It's going to be a business somewhere. It's going to be some, you know, sometimes we set our tent up and go on the beach and we just pray for people and minister right there. I've said, if God chooses to give us a building, I'll say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But it'll be used for training and equipping people to be launched to raise up more apostolic centers all in the region. So it's going slow because you got to first train and equip people. And I get people that come and kick the tires all the time with split family, and they just want a quick fix. They just want me to prophesy over them. And in six weeks training, boom, give them a license and a certificate, and they're, they're off and they're ready to go. Ah, my, 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 my. But anyway, it's all about raising up sons and daughters, not to serve you, not to make you look good, but to see them step into their destiny. All right, I'm going to wrap up today. I think I've talked enough. I appreciate those of you that have come on. Love you. Um, let me see if I've missed any comments. Uh, let's see. I've greeted everybody. Daryl Hutchins. Hey, Eric Rennie. <laughs> Bless you, prophet of God. Hey, guys, I was going to also mention to you in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be in Indianapolis. And we are going to be doing a prophetic event. And um, let's see if I can put that up. Here we go. Yes, our Spirit-Led Family Regional that is coming up. I'm going to throw this on the comments here. So if you would like to know a little bit more about it, or if you know anybody that is in um, the... Um, Indianapolis area. We're going to be meeting at 6 p.m. April the 29th, which is a Saturday, and then Sunday, April the 30th at 10 a.m. at the Hampton Inn at 7045 McFarland Boulevard. We're going to be connecting with um, a wonderful son and daughter in the Lord, Rich and Tina Bird, and um, just going to be having some fellowship, loving on Jesus, some good worship, and a time of some prophetic encounter. So again, uh, we're doing our Spirit-Led Family Prophetic Connect, and it's going to be in Indiana, in Indianapolis, coming up on Saturday, April the 29th at 6 p.m., and Sunday, April the 30th at 10 a.m. Certainly looking forward to this, excited about what God is doing um, also want to mention that coming up here very soon on the 20, 23rd of this month, I'm going to be ministering for the Fire People Church in the Vallejo uh, Fairfield area. So you don't want to miss that. Um let me throw up there. Uh, let me see if I can find this post. Here we go. Let me just uh, throw this on there for you guys. If you're in the Fairfield, California, which is Northern California area, I'm going to be ministering at the Fire People Church. And I threw that up there for those of you that want to. Um, and that's going to be Sunday. April 23rd, 
10 a.m. Um, so if you're in Northern California, anywhere near Fairfield, which is the North Bay of San Francisco, uh, we'd love to connect with you on Sunday, April 23rd. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and head off. Love you so much. Thank you so much for being with us. And we're excited about what God's doing. And I will see you again next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Same bat channel. <laughs> God bless.